Cool. Welcome, everybody. Um, we're doing our weekly live training here, and we are covering some very powerful tools if you're dealing with anxiety and self-worth issues. So if you feel like you are dealing with uh, chronic, repetitive anxiety and also self-esteem or self-worth issues, then you're going to find this very useful information. I'm going to try to keep it short, sweet, and to the point and just give you guys the direct meat of the material here. And if you guys have any comments or questions whatsoever, go ahead and put them in live and we will be happy to take those as we go. So this little framework that I just put together for you guys, um, I am really excited. Uh, also welcome Adam, Elvira, Marie. Awesome. Glad to have you guys here. Um, for those of you who are new to our community, um, we put out content every single week to help you improve your mental health. We believe that uh, nobody should have to live with anxiety or depression long term and that you simply need to learn the skills and tools to take control of your own mental health. So that's what we deliver for you guys every single week. Um, I'm sharing with you guys a brand new framework. Welcome, Maddie. Um, that I just learned, uh, well, not just learned, but I just kind of composed it and put it together in this particular way. And I haven't even put this out there for our clients yet, so I'm pretty excited about this because I think it's so dirt simple. I think that once you get it, you'll be able to go, oh, wow, and it's hard to forget, and you'll be able to start using it right away. So I'm calling this paradoxical emotions. Okay, so here's the gist of what I've learned over the years. We now have going on 450, we're, I think we're at like the 430-ish mark right now um, of people that we've helped either overcome depression or anxiety, as in, uh, I should say they, they've reduced it by at least 75%, um, in many cases removed it entirely. And so what I've learned over the course of the years is that there are certain things that amplify anxiety and then certain mental habits that we can have that will lower anxiety. Welcome, Lauren. Glad you're joining us. So one of the big things that we can do that will increase our anxiety is we can chase after a particular value. Okay, so here's what I want to uh, qualify first. Okay, welcome, Rob. Glad you're a part of the live stream. Um, so the, our values, let's talk about what a value is. You guys have heard values, everyone talks about values. Okay, but we define it in a very particular way. A value is a feeling that you either want to feel or you want to avoid feeling. Okay, so for example, some people want to feel successful. Some people want to feel liked. Some people want to feel approval. Some people want to feel peace of mind. Okay, any of those would be a value. Those would be what we would call a pleasure value. So you would spend mental energy trying to feel those things. If you're dealing with anxiety, chances are that some of your values that you have is you're either wanting to feel safe, secure, certain, in control, um, peace of mind, right? Those might, you might be able to resonate that those are some of the things that you value. Okay, if uh, any of those that I just listed off resonate for you, I'd love if you could add in the comments which one so I can get some feedback would be great. But most times when I work with clients, it's usually one of those things. They're either craving one of those particular values. If you're dealing with self-worth challenges, um, there's a decent chance that what you're valuing, what you're chasing after is something like approval, feeling good enough, um, accomplishment, achievement, success, um, something kind of in that neighborhood, right? Something that kind of serves the ego a little bit, that makes you feel like you've done enough or that you've checked enough boxes to adequately be worth what you think it is that you need to be worth, okay? 
So here's what I learned, and this is why I call them paradoxical emotions. Sometimes when we chase after an emotion, it actually evades us. Okay? And the more that we chase after it, the faster it evades us. And there are two big umbrella types of emotions or, or values that cause this problem. Okay? So one is a big source of anxiety, and that is anything in the realm of certainty. Okay? So if you can relate to either chasing after, as in, and when I say chasing after, what I mean is you're spending mental and emotional energy on it. So like when you wake up, your mind goes to, how could I feel X, Y, Z? As you go to work, you're thinking about how can I feel X, Y, Z? When you go home, you're thinking, how can I feel X, Y, Z? Right? So that means it's a value that you have. If you're dealing with anxiety, I would love to see in the comments here, what do you resonate with chasing after some form of certainty? Right? So are you either chasing after safety, feeling secure, feeling in control, feeling predictability, feeling organized, feeling peace, feeling calm? Right? All of those would be synonyms for what we call certainty. You are craving this moment in time where you know what's happening, you know what's going to happen, you know that you're going to be safe, you know that everything's going exactly how you need it to go. Certainty is typically the biggest value or emotional addiction that people dealing with anxiety have. And the anxiety is actually simply a byproduct of chasing after the certainty. I'll explain more on that in a moment. Okay, now if it's the self-worth stuff, you're chasing after a particular set of values under a different umbrella, and the different umbrella that we call it is significance. Okay, so significance, I see Kristen says calm in the comments there. That's good to know. I appreciate you, you sharing that. So significance has to do with things like, I wrote down a couple of examples here, respected, approval, good enough, validated, okay, things of that nature. Significance is all about the ego. Right? And there's no shame in this. This is not me attacking you or anything of that nature. It's just we all have done this. We all get into our head about our ego. Our ego is nothing more than our mental projection of who we believe we have to be. So we all have a particular self-concept, who it is that we think we have to be. Uh, the most uh, perfect example of this would be someone who thinks they have to be perfect. Right? And I work with a lot of people who define themselves as perfectionists because typically they're very neurotic. They've got lots of anxiety. And so if you tell yourself, I have to be perfect, that, of course, is not something that you're ever going to be able to accomplish. But when you create that self-concept and say, this is how it has to be, that does not match up with your life. And the disparity between how we say life has to be and how life actually is determines the anxiety level that you're going to experience. Okay, so, or at least that's the experience I've had with over 400 clients, right? It, it could be different for you, but I've never seen this not hold up. So what you would want to write down here is what we call the formula for peace of mind. Okay, the formula for peace of mind is when your life conditions equal your expectations, you're going to have peace of mind. If you do not have peace of mind, it's because your life, how your life is right now, does not match up with your expectations in some substantial way. And this is why chasing after certainty and chasing after significance are what I call paradoxical emotions. As in the more you tell yourself you must feel certain, the less certain you are going to feel. The more you tell yourself that you must feel significant or good enough, 
the less good you are going to feel. That's what we mean by paradoxical. It's like a dog chasing its own tail. So contrastingly, the more you decide you don't need to feel certainty, the more certainty you will feel. Okay, so think of it this way. I'm sure just about everybody watching knows somebody in your life that is uh, like a very confident person. Can you think of somebody that you know, maybe in your family or your friend group, that is a very, very confident person? Like, it seems like nothing phases them. Okay, just think of that person that you've met in your mind. Now, if I went up to that person and I asked them, do you need to be 100% certain of how things are going to go before you do them? I guarantee that person would say, no, what are you talking about? I can't be certain of all of that, right? They would, they would not do so. But you go up to somebody who's totally anxious and neurotic and we go, well, wait a minute, why are you so anxious and neurotic? And when you start to listen to the thought process, it's because they have a thought process that says, I have to be 100% certain before I go and do X, Y, Z. But of course, certainty is something that we as human beings can never fully experience. It's just not a part of the human experience. You can't have it, really. You can have it in little bits and pieces, but you're definitely never going to have 100% certainty. Right? If this is resonating with you and if you guys can kind of jive with what I'm saying, if you could write certainty in the comments, I'd really appreciate it. If you feel like you have a problem chasing after certainty, if you overvalue certainty, and therefore the more you chase after certainty, the, the more it evades you, right? the less certain you actually feel. I see Ali says certainty, Christian says calm is the thing that she chases after. Okay, So this is the big problem. Now let's talk about the good enough things, feeling significant. When you chase after feeling significant and good enough, same exact problem. Because once you start to create a measure, a mental measure in your head of how you think you have to be, you ever have this experience where you tell yourself, like, I need to make X amount of money and then I'll be good to go. I'll be happy. I'll be content. And then you make that amount of money and then somehow you're just as discontent as you were before. You ever have that experience? Or like you think that if you get that job or you buy that house or you move into that apartment or you buy that particular outfit or whatever it is, right? You think like, okay, as long as I just get that, then I'll be happy. But then you get there and then you don't feel happy again, right? That's because what you're chasing after is you're chasing after feeling good enough. And chasing after good enough is a paradoxical emotion, meaning the more aggressively you chase after it, the more it evades you. The more obsessed you get with trying to feel good enough, the less good enough you will feel. The more obsessed you get with trying to feel certain, the less certain you will feel. But it works in the inverse. So when you become comfortable living with uncertainty, your anxiety goes away. It dissipates. Okay? The, your anxiety will drop in direct proportion to how much you live to learn, uh, how much you learn to live, excuse me, with uncertainty. Your anxiety will drop in direct proportion to how much you learn to live with uncertainty. And let it be okay that you're feeling uncertain. I always like to have people write down this quote, being uncertain does not mean you are unsafe, right? So we tend to get this diluted in our mind. We, make the, we get this mixed up. We think that just because we're not totally 100% certain of what's going to happen next, that that means inherently what's going to happen next is dangerous. But that's not the case 99.9% .9 of the time. So if you can get yourself to realize, okay, wait a minute, yes, I feel uncertain right now, 
But that doesn't mean that that's bad. That doesn't mean that I need to correct that. That doesn't mean that I have to be totally certain. Okay, a really good example would be like going on a date. Would you want to be 100% certain of how the date's going to go ex before you go on the date? I know some of you listening would be like, yes, that's, I definitely want that. Right? But I, if you really played out your love life like that, it would be boring after a while. Right? You that would not be exciting. There'd be no enticement. There'd be no passion. There'd be no joy, really, at the end of the day. So you gotta, there are some areas where you're comfortable with uncertainty, but then there's all these other areas where you say, no, I have to be totally certain, but that's why you're getting anxious. Anxiety, by the way, guys, is nothing more than the emotional byproduct of chasing after certainty. So as soon as you stop chasing after certainty, the anxiety goes away. It's just like, like uh, you know, like carbon monoxide comes out of the exhaust pipe of a car right the the, mono, the the co2 or whatever the hell it is right it it doesn't exist unless you actually run the car right unless you drive the car towards a particular destination then there's exhaust anxiety is the exhaust okay you chasing after certainty is what creates the exhaust what creates the emotion of anxiety because when you tell yourself i need to be 100% certain your mind can't actually do that, but your mind is going to try. So what your mind tries to do is go, okay, great. If I need to be 100% certain, I need to pin down every single possible variable. And this door, and this door, and this door. And well, what if I open this door and two more doors open? Right? So you try to go through this endless cycle in your head of pinning every single variable down, but you'll never succeed. The more you chase certainty, the more certainty evades you. Same thing with significance. When you start from the belief that you're not good enough and you then start to chase after I'm not I'm not good enough currently but I need to go get that feeling of being good enough you're going to continuously feel more and more empty inside and that becomes the problem so if you think of people who are really really certain they're people who are not chasing after certainty they're chasing after something totally different, which is where we're headed to in the last segment of today's training. I'm gonna share with you guys some things that are not paradoxical emotions. So some, some things that you can chase after, where the more you chase after them, the more you actually can feel them, and they can actually cause you to feel more certain and cause you to feel good enough as well. Okay, but for now, what I first want you to get is that the more you chase after those, the more they're gonna evade you, okay? If, uh, if this resonates with you so far, can I just get like a yes or a yeah, like in the comments, I'd really appreciate it just so I can make sure I'm not like, you know, speaking Spanish to you guys, like this is making sense, hopefully. Okay, I see a, see a couple comments on our Facebook community coming in. Thank you for that. Okay, so the, let's talk about what you can do to create more certainty and to create more of the feeling of being good enough, okay? Because you're not going to get it by chasing after those things as their own goals alone, okay? So the way that you can do it, here's what I found. Now, you may find a different route. That's totally cool. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what has worked for me over the years. Uh, again, lots and lots of clients later, and then also in my own personal life, this has always worked well for me. So here's what I found. If you really want to feel less anxiety and you really want to feel like good enough, like higher sense of self-esteem, I have learned that there are four ways you can do it. Or excuse me, really three ways, okay? So let's start with the one that I know uh, that I prefer the most, okay? The biggest one that I have learned is growth, okay? So um, let me use a concrete example of uh, working in a job. 
So if you're working in a job and you have a lot of anxiety at the job, chances are when you go into your job, you are doing one of two things or both. You either go into the job and you are trying to get certainty at your job. So you go to the job and you get all stressed out about like your appointments and your schedule and your calendar and when someone interrupts you or something unexpected happens, you lose your mind because you go to the job and your number one priority, your number one value is to be certain and in control. And when you do that, you might feel anxious at work, okay? What you can do instead is to pursue growth, okay? Growth essentially means you enter into a different headspace. The different headspace is, you know what? I don't need to know how the day is going to go. I don't need to know exactly what I'm going to do at 3 o'clock. I don't need to know exactly what this person is going to say in the meeting. I don't need to know exactly what my boss is going to ask me to do. All I need to do is focus on how to grow today. So what can I do today to become a little bit better, a little bit more effective, right? Grow, either grow the business or grow the sales or like become the better customer service person that you can, anything of that nature. When you put your, your, your intention, your headspace, when you value growth over certainty, you relinquish the need to feel totally certain and in so doing, you end up feeling dot, 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 more certain, which is the really cool thing, right? Because, and this was, I've learned this in my own personal life so many times. The times in my career or in my life where I'm like, I need to know exactly how it's going to go, the worse it goes. When I instead go, all right, you know what? I don't know exactly how it needs to go. I don't, I don't have to control every single aspect. I'm just going to do my absolute best. I'm just going to do my best and I'm going to learn and I'm going to make mistakes and that's totally cool. As long as I'm growing, I'm cool with that. When I enter into the attitude, everything goes well. And by the way, you guys can probably relate to this. If you've had an experience like this, could you put in the comments growth, right? If you've ever had the experience where you, you really let go of certainty and you just pursue it for the sake of growth and by doing so, your confidence and your certainty rises. It goes up higher, which is really cool. So growth is a really fantastic way. This works with the whole feeling good enough thing too. Because when let's say you go to work and you feel really insignificant. Well, that's probably because when you go to work, what you're doing is you're keeping mental tabs on like, well, what does my boss think of me? And what do my coworkers think of me? And did I do this exactly right? And did I make a mistake? And oh gosh, what are the clients going to think? That's significance oriented thinking where you're measuring yourself against a mental self-concept of what you think is good enough and you're measuring that and so through that comparison you feel not good enough so the antidote to that can also be growth because when you just say cool i'm just gonna do whatever i can to grow and do my best you feel good about yourself you feel high self-esteem at the end of the day you're able to go yeah you know what i didn't do it perfectly but holy cow i learned a lot like I did pretty good. That was really cool, right? So growth is a great antidote to certainty and significance if you want to reduce anxiety. Okay, the second one, second of three that I know that works really well uh, is love and connection. Okay, so seeking to, and I'll just stick with the going to work example, right? So instead of going to work and trying to be totally certain or instead of going to work and trying to feel totally significant and good enough, what you can do instead is go to work with your number one value simply being to connect with people. 
okay, to connect, form relationships. And then I put, I call it connection slash love. So, you know, I mean, you may not love your coworkers, right? But you could see how that would apply to a non-work context, or maybe you do love your coworkers. That's fine too. Okay. But essentially what you're doing is you're sending your emotional energy. What This is what I call sending your emotional energy up and out instead of in and down. Okay. So what happens with certainty is your energy is going in and down. You get more in your head. You start going, well, what about this variable and this variable and that variable and this? That's in and down thinking. Significance thinking is also in and down because what you're doing is you're going in your head and you're comparing yourself to that mental concept of who you think you're supposed to be. When you get in your head, you're dead, right? So the more you get in your head, the, more, the, the less good you're gonna feel. When you focus on growth, your energy is going up and out. You're going, okay, wait a minute, what can I do to grow? How can I improve this? What can I do to help the company? Who can I help? What can I do? Your energy goes outward, okay? And we feel emotional pain in direct proportion to how much we focus on ourselves. So when you focus your energy outwardly, then the, uh, the emotional pain dissipates dramatically, okay? It evaporates, quite honestly. So when you focus on connecting with other people, or loving other people, or just being kind to other people, like, huh, well, what could I do to make somebody else's day better? You guys ever notice that whenever you do something to legitimately cheer somebody else up, it immediately cheers you up? Whenever you do something truly loving for somebody else for the sake of just doing it for them, you immediately feel better about yourself, and you feel happier, and it creates that sense of certainty in you. You're like, wow, look at that. I just did this, right? So, if you guys can resonate with this, if you've ever had an experience, can you write the word, the comment love, right? If you've ever been, done a loving thing and it has reduced your anxiety levels, made you feel more certain and then also more like a higher sense of self-esteem, like good enough, right? That's, that's like the surest fire path to do this. And by the way, you can do both of these. You can be loving as you grow. You can grow as you love, right? You can for instance, this is what I try to do. I'm not perfect, but I try to do this with my business and what I'm doing like right now. Like I view this as an act of love through labor for you guys, right? I love you guys. Like I, I may not have even met you, but I want you to have the mental health you deserve. So I'm not trying to do this perfectly. As you can tell, there's no script here, right? I didn't get in my head before this and be like, I need to know exactly what words I'm going to say it exactly right what time. If I was all hell-bent on being certain about this experience, there'd be no value coming from it at all. If I was all hung up on, well, how do I look and how do I sound and what are they going to think and is this good enough? If I was all hung up on significance, there'd be no value, right? What I'm doing instead is I'm just focusing on growth and love. I'm like, huh, what can I do to help expand the goodwill in the universe, like help grow our audience, help get more people the mental health that they deserve, help teach people what can help them. By focusing on growth and love, I'm feeling literally zero anxiety right now whatsoever, okay? And then third, the third surefire path is contribution, which I'm kind of alluding to here as well, right? Contribution is just giving, right? You're just being in a state of giving for the sake of giving. And here's what's really cool. When you get yourself into a state of giving, like truly giving just for the sake of giving it to somebody else, you always feel like you have enough. It's only when we give and then we start to analyze, am I giving too much or too little or too much in relation to what they gave me? And are they giving me enough? 
right? That's when it goes from contribution oriented to significance oriented, where now you're in your ego about it. So a lot of times people get this confused and they think that growth, or excuse me, they think that contribution is the same thing as people pleasing, not the same thing at all. Okay, contribution is I want to give this to you for your sake. I just want to give this to you so that you feel good. And me giving this to you also makes me feel good, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm just doing this because it feels good to give. Okay, that's what contribution is. People pleasing is actually selfish in, in essence. It really is. Because what people pleasing is, is people pleasing is I'm going to give to you so that you then make me feel validated as good enough. I'm giving in order to get. And so in that way, it's really just a, a means to an end type thing. We're not really giving because we just truly want to give. We're giving so that we can then feel good enough. And that's significance-oriented thinking. That's why, by the way, when you people please, you never feel like you're doing enough. Because as we said before, it's a paradoxical emotion. When you chase after, well, if I do this, then I'll feel good enough. And I do this, I'll feel good enough. And I just, if I just solve everybody's problems and make sure that everybody's good to go and there's no issues whatsoever, then I'll finally feel good enough. That's how you end up feeling like a hamster on a wheel. But when you drop that, when you drop the whole mental image of how you think you're supposed to give, what you think you are, quote, supposed to give, and you just give whatever you can, then you feel good. So the quote I always like to return to to help demonstrate the difference between people-pleasing and giving is, people-pleasing is you're trying to give everything to everybody all the time, right? What is better is instead to give what you can to who you can when you can, right? And if you do that, then you'll always feel like you have enough, okay? So those are the surest fire ways to feel a whole lot better, to decrease anxiety, to decrease self-worth issues. And uh, I hope that that helps you out, okay? So I love all of the comments. This was really fantastic. Thanks everybody for your participation. Um, just letting you guys know, if any of you feel like it's a priority to get your mental health really handled, like if you feel like you've been going it along, uh, alone for a long time, you're not sure how to get it done, uh, we're always happy to help you. Every member of our community can get a free, completely free, 30-minute coaching session with me if that would be of value to you. Uh, and then if you end up deciding you want to be considered as a client, we can have that conversation later. But we literally just want to add free value to you in a half an hour call. So if you would find that valuable, you can always book that. Um, just go ahead and if you're on Facebook, joining us on Facebook, comment below um, that you'd like a free session and we can message you and get that set up. Um, if you're on Instagram joining us, then go ahead and just go right now to mentalhealthcoaching.com and book your free session, okay? And uh, I'll be happy to support you individually uh, when we speak next. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Mark your calendars, Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. We do these every single week going forward, okay? Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye.